correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be our special one-shot episode of Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars role-playing game. We are playing through, in particular, the Force Awakens beginner box adventure. And we have a special guest star for this episode as well. So let us go around the table and introduce our awesome players and the characters that they will be playing. Let us begin with... Hi, my name is Nadia and I am playing Marley, or maybe Mahali, I'm not too sure. Should we take a vote? (laughs) Marley. Marley? Marley, done. Okay, we'll go with that. Tell us all about Marley. So, Marley's backstory is, most people would describe the years since the Galactic Civil War as peaceful. Up-and-coming smuggler and junk runner Marley just describes them as boring. Born just after the establishment of the New Republic and the fall of the Empire, Marley grew up on Ord Mantell raised on Holovid's tales of adventure and accounts of the high heroism of the plucky rebel alliance in the face of the galactic empire, Marley lied about her age and enrolled in flight school as soon as she could. She raced through basic flight training, astrogation school, and advanced combat training, only to graduate and find herself in a galaxy that no longer wanted warriors. Marley's only option was the New Republic fleet. However, she quickly realised that countless would-be snubfighter aces had the same thought. Even if she got one of the few hotly contested spots in a combat squadron, she would spend her career guarding convoys, escorting diplomatic envoys, and if she were really lucky, chasing down the occasional pirate. Thoroughly disappointed, Marley packed her bags and headed for the Outer Rim. There, she hoped her life would at least be interesting. After years of flying along the frontier, Marley managed to scrape together enough to afford her own starship, the quad jumper Sun Strider, and she found herself working the salvage runs out of Jakku. When the mercenary Fira Bon asked Marley to fly her to the (laughs) Abdendoderm Bormo words, out to a wreck. <laughs> Sorry. I think Nadi just had a stroke. <laughs> so, so Abdendo is the species. Okay. Uh, Marley figured it would be some easy money. Besides, there were rumours that the nomads out that way had found something particularly valuable. Mm. Unfortunately, just as the three of them arrived, one of the components in the Sunstrider's main drive blew. She thinks the ship can still fly, for now anyway, but Marley wants to get the engine fixed before she tries it, just in case. On the one hand, this means she's stuck with these nomads while a group of armed gangsters tries to take over the place. But on the other hand, at least it won't be boring. (laughs) And we have a special guest star, Ian. Ian Houlihan. I wouldn't call me special, but um, anyway. (laughs) um, I'm Ian. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ian, uh, also known as GM Hooli. I'll be playing uh, a character by the name of Derm Bormo. Uh, who is a Abedendo. 
I think that's... Is that what, how we're running is it? Ab- it? Ab- yeah. Abedido or something? Sure. I don't know. I can't pronounce the word. That wouldn't be the first time. I think. Abednido. Abednido? Abednido, um, So yes. I'm playing a character that I can't pronounce. That's great. <laughs> um, so he's a colonist, and his story is though Doom Bormo, Bormo, I'll get it right here, cannot wield the force. He has always tried to follow its guidance. The Tuanul... I can't... Why does Star Wars do this? <laughs> Why does it? Okay, we hit so our first um, <laughs> the words—that's what we're going with. Yes, uh, yes. The words faith was founded by the adherents to the Church of the Force, a group of peaceful individuals who praise the virtues of this mystical life energy, even if they didn't have the ability to wield it. Derm embraced this religion devoting himself to a life of meditative ascetic. He studied the force and the code of near-forgotten Jedi Knights. Derm also learned about the Resistance, a group of brave fighters who stood against the possible return of, of the Galactic Empire. Derm expected he would live out his days as a peaceful villager. He studied medicine so he could help his neighbours in Tuanong and the surrounding Kelvin Ravine, surviving, sorry, serving as healer for the frontier community. He never realised that following the code he'd been taught would be so hard in practice. The Strust Clan is one of the planet's most notorious original uh, criminal groups, a roving band of greedy outlaws and desperados. It travels the sand wastes looking for easy prey while indulging in theft, protection rackets and spice running. While out wandering the Kelvin Ravine, Derm came across a pair of Strust Clan bandits waylaying a group of scavengers. The cruel bandits were about to murder the helpless scavengers when Derm forced himself to forgo his non-violent ways and laid them both low with his stout walking staff. Though his quick actions saved several lives, Derm knew he had made a dangerous choice. The Strust Clan wouldn't rest until it had exacted retribution for this humiliation. If Derm stayed in his village, the Strust would happily slaughter his neighbours to get him. The last thing he wanted to do was see his violent choices bring harm to his friends. So Derm left the rough and tumble Nimmer outpost, where he made an unlikely friend, the former soldier, turned wanderer Firabon. When Fira left the Starlight Wanderer to help out her old friend Misha, Derm came along. It sounded like Fira's friends had also run afoul of the Strust Clan, and despite the danger, Derm didn't want to see these brigands hurt anyone else. Perhaps he thinks this is what the Force has wanted him to do all along. Fantastic. And the Abnidos uh, are interesting. They are one of the first, I guess, kind of species to have fast and light travel, and and they are quintessential explorer Mm. uh, species and always have been, and they're pretty cool. And so, speaking of this mercenary who we've heard so much about... Hey, I'm Sam. I play Firabon. So, basically, I'd like to read a story. Please. (laughs) (laughs) If if you would be so kind, man. I've crafted a best story for my character. (laughs) God damn it! Join the Republic! Protect the galaxy! <laughs> These are the words that lured the young idealistic Firabon to the new New Republic military. And years later, they were the words that she would remember with disgust when she left. Mm-hmm. In the wake of the Galactic Civil War, the war-weary systems of the New Republic ha- happily disarmed, reducing their fleet strength to a fraction of what, of what it had been during the Civil War. They saw the New Republic fleet as a peacekeeping force meant to protect and serve, not a military machine. Fira joined this official Elena, New Republic military, as a bright young soldier with a promising career. She fully bought into the idea that the galaxy had a chance to start fresh. 
and she believed that she could do her part to keep the peace. Fiera quickly rose through the ranks until she became a top-flight reconnaissance specialist. Mm. However, time spent on the New Republic's borders made her realise that the Empire might not be as dead as everyone thought. Blasted starship wrecks in the eerily deserted settlements on the fringes of civilized space indicated that something was happening out in the unknown regions. Fira pushed to get authorization to probe deeper into the former empire, but she was denied. Her commanding officer told Fira privately that if she wanted to advance in rank, she would have to keep her opinions to herself. Instead, Fira left the service spending time as a wandering adventurer and a mercenary. One botched job left her on Jakku, and she ended up staying put, figuring that the Forgotten Junkers world would be the best place to stay out of the way and live the rest of her life in peace and quiet. However, Fira can't help but keep an eye on the wider galaxy. She makes a point of chatting up passing junk traders for news about the New Republic and the Resistance, and she secretly wishes that she had joined the Resistance instead of leaving galactic civilization. When Misha Von Tobach contacted her old friend Fira and told her about the valuable secret they were looking for on a crashed rebellion ship, Fira's sense of duty compelled her to come out to the Starlight Wanderer and help Misha deal with the Struss clan. Is it Struss? Struss, yeah. Struss, yeah. Excellent. A small voice keeps telling Fira that whatever is hidden on that wreck might be important to the New Republic and the Resistance alike. Fantastic. And finally... Hi, I'm Mark. Uh, I'm playing Tiras Orang, who is an explorer and scavenger. Uh, Tiras grew up as a moisture farmer on Jakku and sort of lived a nothing kind of life until the final showdown against the New Republic when a crashing Star Destroyer wiped out his family when he was out uh, getting some things repaired uh, and wasn't couldn't get back in time to save them. Uh, as an orphan, he, mo- uh, he moved to a uh, nomad camp and survive for a while as a scavenger, but basically hated the Empire for their started because their started star destroyer crashing had just killed his family he blamed them and their lust for power uh this hatred basically led him to eventually fall in with the vicious criminals of the struss clan Mm. working for them as a desert guide and sometimes enforcer Mm. in his desperation for vengeance he thought that such violent brutes would give him the skills he needed to fight back against the empire in time however tiras felt that Tiras felt his need for vengeance wane and he accepted that the Empire was truly dead and gone. Realising that hatred had poisoned his heart, he found he couldn't ignore the vicious nature of the criminals that he worked for and so he left. The Struss clan has hunted him for among the sand seeds of Jakku, but Tiras's survival skills have kept him one step ahead. Recently, he joined up with a group of nomads hard at work salvaging a crashed New Republic corvette. When the nomads found evidence of some secret treasure buried inside the ship, Tiras was one of the first to realise the danger of such a realise the danger such a treasure posed. When the Struss clan contacted the nomads and demanded the treasure, his fears were realised. He convinced Misha Von Toba, the nomads' leader, to contact an old so- soldier she knew and to help her deal with the Struss clan's enforcers. Although he's terrified about facing the Struss clan again, he knows he finally has to stand up. To them. Yes, absolutely. And so, please describe what your characters look like. Let's begin with Nadia. So, Marley is a human. She's got quite dark skin, long, dark, flowing hair, which she wears out, uh, but it perfectly frames her face and never gets in the way. Of course. Uh, she's kind of a medium build and is dressed in quite practical, typical roguish attire. Sort of a bit so of a Han Solo ensemble. Very, very Han Solo, very Mal from Firefly. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, and she's got a, a blaster at her hip. Fantastic. And Ian? So as I mentioned before, my character is a, the word that I can't pronounce, which is Abnido. Abnido. And Everyone just Google uh, Abnido. I think it's Abnido. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, he has a very long, gaunt face. He's pale skin with whitish sort of hair. His eyes are sort of on the side of his head, Ooh, uh, cool. which is kind of weird, which is almost fish-like. He carries a huge big uh, staff, which he sort of uses when he's walking as well. He has a huge brown cloak, and he's wearing very much um, desert-like gear. Fantastic. Uh, with his uh, med pack and his survival stuff. Fantastic. And Sam? Yeah, so Fira is an older lady. Um, so short, previously dark, but now graying hair, hard jaw, like very, very, you would call her handsome? Yeah, she's like a like handsome a, woman. Like a female yeah. Ron Perlman. She's heavy. Yeah. She, she's swole as well. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so very um, appropriate clothing befitting a scavenger, really. Yeah, it sort of looks like, like sort of half scavenger, half sort of paramilitary. Yeah, pretty much. Cargo pants yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that's about, that's and about a, it. And, and a human. And a, and a big <laughs> ass gun. And very, a big ass gun, yes. And Mark. Very Carol from uh, Walking Dead. Oh, mm. yes. Yes. Exactly. Tiros is, well, he's a native of Jakku, so he's got this, like, very dark skin, dark hair, beard. Kind of looks like an extra out of, like, Lawrence of Arabia in space. Um, <laughs> yes. so he's, yeah, so he's probably, probably leans a little bit like that sort of, sort of more Mediterranean, Middle Eastern ethnicity. Yeah. Uh, if you're picturing someone to, as the character. But yeah, like, so he's dressed very practically to shield him from the sun. Yeah. Because, like, first things first is to block the sun from touching the skin as much as possible. So he's wearing, like, wraps around his face and body mm-hmm. and his arms. Doesn't show much skin as a necessity. These little things that he can pull up to, to, like, cover his nose and mouth from sandstorms and goggles and stuff like that. Really very similar to Ray in the beginning of Force of Witches. Yeah, I yeah. think, like, looking at the character portrait that's drawn here, it is, that's, I like, that reminded me of that as well. Which was just, like, Ray, right. but, like, more practical and less, like, let's get some bare midriff going. Good. Just as a little bit of backstory for any of you or any mm-hmm. listeners who might not know what the whole Jakku situation is. Jakku. So, <laughs> Jakku obviously prominently featured in The Force Awakens and it was an important planet in the galactic stage primarily for the Battle of Jakku which was in fact the final battle that broke the back of the Empire. So after the Death Star got blown up as these things often happen think of it like this is almost like the war in the Pacific after mm. Hitler and Germany was defeated right? Th- these things don't just automatically disappear. The Empire did linger on although severely weakened after losing its super weapon and this was the the last stand of the empire was on the skies above Jakku which is why it is absolutely riddled with star destroyers republic ships x-wings tie fighters it is a scavengers paradise so colonists scavengers mercenaries bounty hunters come from all over the galaxy to effectively uh, pick the remains of these huge corpses of grand ships from yesteryear and unfortunately the people of Jakku suffered greatly during that last battle as we can clearly mm. see with our with our hunter. So mm. the Galactic Empire is gone, says the title crawl. <laughs> <laughs> its descent heralded by the loss of the second Death Star and the Emperor. Its remnants have slunk into the shadows on the edge of the galaxy. A new republic has arisen, bringing peace to the galaxy. But in the darkness of the unknown regions, a new threat emerges: the First Order. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> 
heir to the Empire's evil. Plans to destroy the New Republic and return the galaxy to its own rule. Only the Resistance, led by General Leia Organa, she's so wonderful, stands in its way. <laughs> Even so, nobody knows the true strength of the, of the First Order. Meanwhile, on the remote world of Jakku, a group of scavengers and desert nomads has discovered the existence of a valuable secret, and one lost for 30 years. <gasps> so, 30 years. As we open our scene, to give you a really quick, I mean, your, your backstory summed it up really nicely, but just to be mm. clear, the, the bullet points of the situation is this. There's a band of nomads led by Misha, who you are, mm. some of you are familiar with. They're good folk. These are the, the uh, benevolent scavengers. Very, very similar to the, the lifestyle that Ray Lee leads in the beginning mm. of The Force Awakens. That's a picture-perfect example of what they do. They came across a wrecked New Republic corvette, which, for those that aren't crazy Star Wars experts, actually, I think, technically the first spaceship to feature in Star Wars, period. Because it, it's the one that uh, Princess Leia is on when the Star Destroyer attacks her at the very yes. beginning of episode four. It's the main sort of transport bigger ship yeah. that, you know... The Corellian Corvette. The Corellian yeah. Corvette, yeah. exactly right. They're not absolutely enormous, they're only about 150 meters long, but they're still a nice, big, decent transport ship. When they accessed the remains of its uh, central computer, they found evidence that something valuable was hidden in a secret vault somewhere within the ship. Although they do not yet know what it is, rumors of the secret have already spread across the desert wastes. These rumors, of course, have reached the ears of a wandering group of vicious gangsters that has plagued Jakku for years, the vicious Struis clan. Sensing the chance for easy money, the Struis clan sent representatives to demand the nomads give up their wreck and the secret, or die. You, the heroes, found yourselves at the wreck of the New Republic ship and in the company of the Nomads for various reasons, which we've discussed. Now the representatives have arrived, and they're just a small group of hired guns who are armed and looking for trouble. Misha Vontaba, leader of the Nomads, asked you to go out and to meet with the Struis clan. There was a tense Western-style standoff for a brief <laughs> for a, a brief moment. There was some whistling music in the background, mm -hmm, a, a mm -hmm. tumbleweed, a space tumbleweed went by. <laughs> yes. However, one of them stared very, very hard at... Tyrus and just screamed, Traitor! And then that was it. It was all, it was clear that the, the negotiations had failed before they even began. The Struis kind of just immediately went for their guns. Probably because you're much more benevolent and, and concerned about collateral damage and thinking about the poor nomads, which also includes, you know, families and children behind you. Mm -hmm. These aren't all ragged mercenaries. You retreated back into the Corvette and basically made a very, very hasty jury-rigged uh, closure of the opening that will not hold them for long and so as you open our scene the camera cuts dramatically to the darkened interior of the ship a couple of small lights on the walls from partially restored engines just give out a nice dull glow you can hear clearly this place is it is on an angle a 45 degree angle or so mm -hmm. sparks are spitting off various things there's uh, wreckage all around the place you know that you've only got a few scant moments to protect both the huddled scavengers some of which are essentially are just sort of frozen there in the middle in this main entrance uh, way with the, uh, the Corvette. Misha has managed to wrangle most of the others and have retreated further back into the ship, but it is here, of course, that you are going to have to effectively make your stand. Now, you will notice on your character sheet yes. that you've got a couple of numbers there, and one of them is called Strain. So Strain is effectively your stamina. It's mostly physical, but it actually also encompasses your mental fatigue as well. It's just basically your, your energy. So you, just because I'm an absolute dick, are going to start off by losing two Strain. Nah. Mm. So go ahead and knock that off. 
Wow. Remove it. <laughs> wow. This, uh, <laughs> it reflects mounting fatigue and stress. And so this is just from the stress of having all this shit happen at the beginning. So you run through the airlock and slam it shut. There's no lock, unfortunately. So you can sort of barricade it with very, 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 very tightly. Uh, the hallway just beyond the entrance is cluttered with crates and piles of junk. The light panels flicker fitfully on the wall, leaving deep pools of shadow in the alcoves on either side of the door. Uh, some of the crates are large enough that if you push them to their side, they could serve as a pretty solid barricade. Parts of the hallway are narrow enough that one resolute hero could even make a stand there to stop intruders from advancing deeper into the ship where Misha has retreated with the majority of the scavengers. At the far end of the hallway, Misha von Tober's orders has ordered sorry, a group of nomads to take cover or flee deeper into the ship, whatever works for them. Her clear voice ringing through the halls. Uh, some of the nomads ignore her, cowering in the corners and wailing. If you can't hold off the Struis clan's gangsters, these people are now done for. There are five of them that you saw, and that's the only ones that you saw. You have just enough time to do one thing. And because this is a beginner box, this adventure serves as a tutorial for the game. So what we're going to do is go over the real basics. Each of you can make one single dice roll using a skill. And you've got a whole bunch of skills there on the character sheet. I'm going to suggest some options, but the whole point of this system is it's very creative and it's very flexible. So if you have a, a suggestion that is not covered by one of the examples I'm going to give, absolutely throw it at me. The really cool thing about this system is it's dice, okay? The narrative dice. You are going to be taking a number of green dice which are the dice for your attributes. And then if you have a trained skill, you are going to be replacing one or more of those green dice with a yellow dice, which is the proficiency dice. Which I think, just for like move, green dice is a D8 and the yellow dice is a D12. Exactly right, exactly so. So just to give you an example of things that you could do, some of you who may be good at stealth could hide in the shadowy corner next to the airlock entrance, getting ready to ambush them. And that, so that'd be stealth. Uh, somebody could flip a crate over to create an impromptu barricade and that'd be athletics. Uh, somebody could essentially just hide amongst the group of cowering nomads who they will likely overlook at first, being more concerned with the higher mercenaries, and that would be deception to just you know, blend into the crowd there. Or if some bold soul wants to stand in the middle in that opening gap that I described earlier and stand confidently ready to take the first bandit to enter, they can roll cool. <laughs> so. Do I need to roll too? <laughs> oh. uh, you wouldn't, but well. your character does. <laughs> I mean, I th I th we're playing a tabletop game, so I think we all need to roll cool with disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, what a bunch of nerds. <laughs> so oh, I made myself sad. Oh. <laughs> now, there will be, with just with every dice roll, mm -hmm. there is going to be a difficulty rating. So because we're starting off nice and simple, whatever dice you roll, this is going to be a very simple difficulty. So it's going to be one purple dice, because the purple dice are the difficulty. Um, may I ask a question, Tom? I mean, I just have. But may I ask a question about the list? You may system? ask another question. So I have very good survival skills, but is survival does that work like in DD where survival skill is foraging and jury rigging like basic traps and stuff like that? It, it is. Honestly, if if you were outdoors, I could probably hear a case for something survival related, but we're pretty much we're outdoors in the middle of the sand, I don't think there's so much I can jury rig together. Mm. It, it's, it's very much the it's very much the uh, sort of wilderness-based the ranger skill as opposed to anything that might happen in the cramped corridor of a okay. spaceship. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to hide then using deception. Okay. So you're going to try to blend into the group? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they will hopefully overlook you uh, overlook you at first and you can <laughs> surprise them. So please, yes. would you like to make the first roll of the game? Yes. Now, I deception uses cunning which I have a four in. So I grab four dice, but I'm also trained in deception. So one of those dice becomes a yellow dice. Okay, so to be really clear, it's three green dice and one 
yellow, yellow dice because yes. you have a four in your cunning, but your yes. proficiency and one purple dice, which represents the difficulty. I was now, hoping he wouldn't remember that. Now, sorry. Here's, here's the real bad news. Yes, Tom. These raiders know you because you literally used to run with them. So I'm going to give you not what if one, I not cover one, my face like this, but two threat dice because one of them actually just screamed at you. The black ones. The black ones. Yes. Setback dice. The setback dice. I'm so sorry. The, 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 that certainly would be a setback. <laughs> Terminology matters. So the the, the setback dice. Words have meaning. And so with all these dice combined, we're going to see how you do. Ooh. Ooh. I have rolled a triumph. Okay. I have rolled a threat. Mm-hmm. And I have rolled a success with advantage. Okay. That's really great. So first of all, you get one success and that threat, sorry, two successes, pardon me, uh, because the triumph also counts as a success. So you definitely, definitely do it. Now, at this early stage of the game, they don't really have a lot of results for triumph, but I want to give you one because it's cool. Hey. What I'm going to say is not only do you blend in, but they are so deceived by this because never in their wildest dreams did they think that you would think they'd be dumb enough not to recognize their former compatriot <laughs> who is now turned traitor. So they are absolutely not going to be looking at you at all. And in fact, in the first round of combat, you are going to have an, uh, an advantage dice or two to reflect this as well. They are just, they are hunting for you and, if, and they think that if anyone is going to be standing there ready to shoot at them, it's going to be you. So yeah. you are effectively invisible to them. They they expect me to do the like stand in front of the thing. Exactly so. It just it could not have worked out better in your favor. Okay, so, so two successes and the threat and advantage cancel each other out. Yes, that right. is, exactly so. And you with that remaining advantage, the yes. only thing you can use it for in this first little encounter is to remove one of your two strain. Which is uh, why you start with two strain. No, no, sorry, I only had one advantage. Or oh, does the triumph give extra advantage? Because, okay, so the triumph is its own thing, which yes. is a, tri- a triumph. It's, it's, it's like a critical hit. Yes, but, but it also counts as a success. Yes. And didn't you have also one advantage remaining? Yes, but no, I had one advantage overall, which is cancelled out by the one threat. Oh, you got one threat. Oh, I'm so yes. sorry. Pardon me. Yeah. Let's completely ignore that. Yeah. Sam. All right. What is Fira going to be doing? So we have, do we have extra extra people on no, this or is it, it just us? You are, you are the four warriors here. Okay, excellent. All right. I just want to know. Um, actually, what I'd like to do is I'd like to set up a uh, sniping point. So stealth? Um, I think so. Or, yeah. like, are you trying to find a place sort of further back and maybe get behind a box? Yeah, so, yeah, so, so this is this is very deliberately, it's a, and in a way it's a bit limited. So when combat starts, you can do things like take cover and all these other yeah, maneuvers yeah, yeah. and such. This is very deliberately designed to be a pretty basic thing of you're making a skill check. So if there's any skill on there that you feel can serve uh, for that, that's totally cool. So, for example, uh, you can flip over a barricade with the intention of you wanting to take cover once combat begins. Yeah, that's, actually, that's you totally know what? Cool. I might. Yeah. I might do, yeah. So you're, uh, how's your athletics? Athletics is uh, good to rank one. Great. So yes. you'll see it pre-calculated there. Yeah. Uh, so two green dice. Two greens. One yellow. Okay. One purple. And, uh, and that's it. There's, there's a particular better. advantage or disadvantage here as far as uh, the situation goes. We're just flipping over one of the crates. So let's do it. Okay. Sweet. Alright. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I have four advantages wow. and one threat. That is absolutely amazing. Okay. I will not get this roll ever again. <laughs> but to be clear, you, you didn't get a success. Yeah, I was gonna say two advantages kind of success. Okay. But so you know what? I know. This... So how's this here's, here's, here is how that's gonna work. Okay. So as you sit there, you try to flip paper the barricade and you realize you can't do it. 
but the adrenaline starts to cool and your the blood that's rushing to your head getting you all worked up and worked up the strain of trying to flip this thing just calms you you know you just like you can take a moment to just kind of breathe and calm so you remove two strength okay the two strength you had yeah and not only that but you just get into a good focused mindset Whoa. so you don't put the barricade it is not there when the combat begins but you definitely can take a really good good look at the door you're more in the open than you want it to be but it means you can assess the situation really well so in the first round of combat you're going to have a blue advantage dice as well just to represent yes. your clear focus all right see mindfulness Ian, I can see that my friend is struggling with the barricade. <laughs> so I would like to um, go over and try to assist with that if possible. Absolutely. So you notice yeah. that she has failed. You can yep. make up for that and try to create this barricade once Excellent. again using um, uh, athletics. Excellent. A skill um, I have nothing in, so that'll be fine. Um, <laughs> just the one difficulty. Just the one difficulty. And I will give you an advantage dice because uh, although she was not... Yep. Oh, sorry, pardon me. A boost die because she was not successful but yep. you know she's loosened up a little bit cool excellent b for blue b, b for boost all right <gasps> that is a success so yeah one success with two advantages fantastic well you can remove your two strain as well you would would indeed excellent so just when you were given up on the idea of managing to flip over this barricade Fira, your friendly alien comes to help and with with a resounding clang echoing out throughout the entire hallway here the barricade is flipped over and it makes a nice barricade that'll work out very well in combat and finally Here, you on the, on the <laughs> thanks that is, that is perfectly fine <laughs> Nadia so I've got a question about one of these skills what's coordination excellent question think of it like your reflex save or balancing or ba- so balancing yeah so anything in which in D&D to use the the like, conversion uh, there uh, if I for example got you to make a dexterity saving throw mm-hmm. the, the, the replacement for that would be coordination it's your reflexes and well just I mean yeah just your actual coordination like how coordinated you are so like for balancing purposes for I guess Ian probably knows better than me is that what you'd use to resist like an explosion or something like that um, what just so that I'm clear what um, the scenario is that yeah. Nani you wanted to go up to the doorway no mm-hmm. I, I haven't even said what I was going to do yet oh, I, okay. I was just curious about what that was so coordination is basically like athletics is more strength based, so mm-hmm. it's more brawn based, and coordination is more agility based. Acrobatics. So yeah. no, that's I think of coordination going across a tightrope. Athletics would be actually pulling yourself up on a rope. Got it. Perfect. Is there a ceiling here as well? There is. Yeah, there's okay. essentially a sort of like there, there's some piping on the ceiling. There's yeah. some scaffolding. So what she would like to do is flip up to the ceiling. Perfect. And kind of like you know will hopefully dramatically hang down and pew pew some people. That is a, first of all that's amazing. Purely because I want to work, I'm giving you advantage dice. A, a, a boost die. I'm sorry. Just to be clear, I, I assume that I could use coordination for something like that. One hundred percent. Yes. Now that's four green dice. There's nothing else I add to that except the boost blue dice. It can be one difficulty. And then the one difficulty. Indeed. Okay. At least I know what the threat will be if that comes up. (laughs) So this is an advantage. Uh, I've then got two, so four successes and one threat. Okay, that's amazing. The threat cancels out the advantage. So then I have four successes. So you you just absolutely nail this. It was never in question. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so, yeah. the, so yeah. the important the, the important thing is 
that the nomads are so impressed. Although this isn't really an advantage situation, it's just such a beautiful monkey-like acrobatic ninja maneuver that the nomads actually calm down and just look up at you and go, <gasps> And you know, if you, yeah, you know, if you if you have to sway them or convince them of anything later, you are going to have some advantage yeah. doing that. That's for sure. Like, okay, oh God, these people actually know what they're doing. <laughs> I can smell the competence. Okay, so sorry about that. As you. As you prepare yourself and ready yourself for the battle, the harsh screech of the airlock door being wrenched open echoes through the ship. The door shudders open, sending a brilliant beam of sunlight stabbing into the interior. The gangsters from the Struis clan squeeze through the opening. They're blinking and they're very disorientated. Their eyes adjust to the darkness. Overconfident, they don't realize that you're waiting there in a much better position than they could possibly have feared. Well, it looks like their overconfidence will be their downfall. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> okay, so, uh, now to explain, the Struis clan really take a page out of the Mad Max playbook, as far as their, their outfit goes. A very sort of punk <laughs> chain, sort of spikes, odds and ends, uh, sort of book of back uh, bits of metal uh, you know, strapped onto their leather armour. They're mostly human, but they also do have a couple of... You know they have a couple of members that are of the more other common species, like there's a, at least one Zabrak. Uh, female Zabrak is kind of the, what would pass for the leader of this particular group. And so there are five of them. And they all you know, rush forward. They've all got light blasters and you know, sort of smaller melee weapons if required. In the, full, in the actual game, uh, and we'll get to this later, there is a really cool initiative system. We're actually not gonna use that for this first encounter, just to keep it simple. Because you all succeeded, or most of you succeeded, I should say, on your skill check, what that's going to mean is that the initiative order is going to be very good. And initiative works really interestingly in this system where you all roll and the enemies all roll individual initiative, but all that does is give you slots rather than make you in that particular number. To explain what I mean, let's say that Mark rolled and got four successes for his initiative. Oh, and Nadia got two. That would mean that the, there is a player slot at number four and another player slot at number two. But we get to choose where we go within that order. Exactly. So it's very tactical and you get to decide and hash it out as a group as to who goes where. Okay, so to be really clear for this particular combat, it's gonna be the, it's gonna be like this. PC slot, PC slot, PC slot, enemy slot, PC slot. So three of you are gonna go before they do and then one of you is gonna go after them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Great stuff. We'll deal with what you roll for initiative when we actually roll initiative for the first time, but hopefully that explains the situation. So, bang! <laughs> Light streaming in. Scavengers in the corner, huddled, whispering, being quiet. And with, of course, uh, Mark's character amongst them, huddled and secretive. You can see that the female Zabrak, who has this um, light blaster pistol out in front of her, is sort of scanning around, like, where are you, traitor? And uh, who's going to go first? I think either my character could go first or last. Um, so if anybody else wants to go first, I'm happy for that. Otherwise, it might be a good opener. I'm happy for one of, uh, yeah, for maybe one of the two sort of main, like, more central people to go first. So, Fira is on the standing right there in the middle. Shall we say that... Uh, Fira goes first then? Yeah. Great. So, what we're going to do is take our first combat turn of the game. Ooh, it's so exciting. So, yes. in combat, you can do two things. Well, maybe more than two, but at least, at least two. You can take one maneuver and uh -huh. you can take one action. And okay. it's, it's really useful to look at your beautiful pre-gen sheet. It lists what the maneuvers are and what the actions are. Now, oh. you can take these in any order and you can choose to take two strain to do a second maneuver. 
You can also choose to downgrade your action to a maneuver instead. Okay. Where this often comes up, I imagine, Ian, uh, having played before, is with movement, because moving you don't get for free, like in D&D, to move any sort of range band, which, by the way, is very, very abstracted, and I'll go through that now. So, at the present time, all of the nomads are in close range. They're only about 30 feet away. So, the various range bands are as such. You've got engaged, that means you're right next to them, okay? You've got close or short range, which is basically only about up to 10 meters away. You know, think of like half the battle map in D&D, you know, like a good sort of 30 feet of movement away. And then you've got medium range, which think of it once again in D&D terms is like the other side of the battle map. Like you, you pretty much have to move twice to get to them. And then you've got long range, which is, you know, you're pretty much yelling at them from a distance. You've got rifles have got yeah. long range as there but nothing else and then there's extreme which yeah. honestly is not even going to come up in this adventure so we, we won't, won't worry about that just standing on a sand dune three kilometers away just yeah. peering at them through yeah. a sniper rifle hey, honestly hey. yes <laughs> some some range weaponry can can hit extreme but that really is like you know yes technically you can see them on the sand dune uh, three kilometers away but that's not you know very practical for a, a, a gunfight situation so at the present time <laughs> if you want to shoot at them with the with a, a, a gun that you have. It's funny that you say extreme range because the only gun I have is a long shot blaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she is. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but she's like real good at it too. I am very good at and it. And <laughs> just to give you some suggestions for maneuvers, what you yeah. can do is you can take cover, which will give them a black setback ah. dice. To whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, the moment. Because I could either shoot at them from very far away or run at them. <laughs> yeah. She's got what I think are essentially <laughs> brass knuckles. Yes, you do. Crack, crack. Okay. <laughs> Up to you. <laughs> no one expects it in the sci fi setting. Everyone's got guns and I she's will. just like, crack, let's go. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this this opens up a whole different thing. All right. I might. Ooh. How, how about you take cover behind the barricade? You've you've actually. Uh, as you know move. what? Yeah, I might. I might do that. Yeah. And then I'm, you gonna, can... I'm gonna wait till they get a little bit closer. And then you can take a shot. Yes. Is there a disadvantage in using a long range? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask that. Up close. If you're engaged, yes. The difficulty. Oh, to hit. Not, not, oh. Get... No, oh. No, not 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 short range. Not being like ten feet away from them. You can still you know. Yeah. With the, with the, but, but if you are. In, in, engaged in melee. Yes, if I can't you have use a, it. No, if you have a short, like a pistol, that's there's no penalty. But the difficulty is slightly higher if you have like a rifle mm. or, or a longer range. Right, weapon. because yeah, I have a long shot blaster, and if I. So your two classic choices here, right? Yeah. Would be, it would be to spend a move to aim, and yep. that gives you a blue die, or you can spend a maneuver to take cover, and then that'll give them a black die when they go to attack you. So it's oh. really all about leaving when you're more offensive. You could do offensive. two maneuvers instead yeah. of a maneuver and an action in this case to set you up for next time. If as long as you take two strain, yes. That's totally all right. I might do that actually. So I'll get behind cover. Yep. And, and take aim. Taking yes. strain. Yep. So yes. you, you sort of like take careful aim, peer through the sunlight behind them, mm-hmm. allowing their mm-hmm. silhouettes to coalesce as you take careful aim with your rifle. Wait for the whites of their eyes. Squeeze the trigger. <laughs> Don't pull. Squeeze the trigger. And let's do it. So okay. make, make your first attack roll. All right. So, so what would I use for that? Well, so if your combat skill, you'll notice down the bottom there. Uh, yep. So uh, that would be gunnery. No. So oh. it would be if you look. So on the right, you've got all your combat stuff there. Uh-huh. So just so just look oh, there yeah. for everything. Everything combat related. I wasn't sure if the long shot blaster would be applicable. It, it because, is. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. No worries. So two yellow dice, one green dice, my boost die. Yeah. And anything else I need to add? Yes. So you are in uh, short range. Yes. So the difficulty for range attacks is one difficulty. Right. Okay, so one purple white. Correct. Now, 
do I want to be a dick? The answer is normally yes. Also, I like threat. It's fun. So <laughs> can you? Okay. So okay. I'm gonna say that b- b- just situationally. Yeah, sure. Now, don't forget, you do have you you do have your your blue die for taking aim. Yeah. But also, the sun's right behind them. It's a bit of a glare, particularly because you're going first. So this so everyone's eyes are taking that couple of seconds to adjust. So you're gonna add a setback die. Setback die which for the sun in your eye. Black one. Black one. Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I imagine as a GM, I'm going to be very, very lenient with difficulty, but very, very harsh with threat generation, because that's the fun stuff. All right, so I have a lot of different things. I have... Wow. Uh, Lord. Wow. Uh, let me see. Okay, so I have an advantage, but that is taken up by the threat that I've rolled. Uh, I have two successes, but one failure. So one and success. And I have a triumph as well, which is counted as a success. It sure is. So two successes. Fantastic. So this will, this will actually take out one of them okay so one of them to the right will say that there is a, a male human wrapped up so so much you can't really tell much about him at all apart from the fact that he gives out a very male willem scream as the uh the, the first shot of the game shoots across strikes him in the chest sparks fly he screams and tumbles backwards and then it's going to be whoever wants to go next good opener Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. How many of them are there, Tom? So now there are four. Right. <laughs> now there are four. I see. Okay. I've got the biggest problem because I'm a melee combatant. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do any... I'm just going to take cover. Okay. But I'm going to try to give some, maybe, some inspiring confidence or something like that to some people and maybe yeah. make a leadership check or something. You can do that. That's... Instead of firing it, because I don't really have a weapon other than a grenade. And I don't think no, that is. Well, you do have your electro staff. You can. I do, but I don't particularly want to run out there. Enough. Do you want to run up and come through them? No, 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 no. Not at this point. You're not, not, not uh, Donnie Yen um, in Rogue One. Well, you know, you, you, <laughs> so you can definitely give some support, and okay. uh, it isn't it? I believe it's a maneuver, isn't it, to take uh, to give um, assist someone else to, to use a skill that's normally an action. Okay, so, sure. Um, so, what is my character's leadership? Okay. It's not all that bad. That's pretty good. Now, whom, whom are you going to be inspiring? I'm going to probably try to inspire Marley. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, because she's primed, ready to, to drop down and kill anyone. So Absolutely. what would the difficulty of that be? That's a good, uh, a good I reckon simple. So just one. Just one? Yeah. Okay, so an easy check. There we go. So that's going to be <laughs> she's, she's um, easily inspired. a failure. Wow. Um, oh, which no. is really quite bad. Obviously, um, I haven't worked with you um, yet at this point, so I, I don't really know what's the best thing to say to motivate you. Mouth, yeah. uh, <laughs> however, I did roll three advantages. Okay. So can I give Marley a boost on? You, um, you sure can. The, with two of the advantages? Absolutely, um, absolutely. So yeah. So to make it fun, I'm going to say that she is very, very inspired to attack as always, mm-hmm. uh, but also slightly irritated by herself. <laughs> And so she's going to actually add two boost dice, but also one setback dice. Wow. As she is conflicted. <laughs> she's like, yes, I'm going to shoot them. I was going to shoot them anyway. Fuck. Don't micromanage me. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. I'm the captain. I'm the captain. <laughs> she is the captain. So that then brings us to, I guess, the third person. Let's, let, let's just roll that over and say that Marley goes now, shall sure. we say? So let's let's do it. So you're going to drop down dramatically. Are, are, you, are you hanging upside she, down? She's going to remain hanging from the ceiling. Yep. And it's just going to do that thing where you, you your torso comes down and she's basically shooting upside down, Perfect. essentially. No, I, I get it. Something Rocket Raccoon would do. Yeah, so... Great. Leon. 
Neon style. What, what, yeah. time, what time of day or evening is it, Tom? It is, in fact, just actually just after midday. It's like an, it's sort of early early afternoon tea time. So she's uh, she's just, you know, she needs some nice snappy one-liners. So uh-huh. the only insult I can remember from, from Star Wars is just like nerf herder. Or is it like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's going to say... Take um, this nerf herder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Good morning, Nerf Herders, and she ha- has a crack at them. Now, she has a blaster pistol, yes. um, and it's the gunnery skill that I'm actually using here. No, so it, luckily all your combat stuff is, is all together okay. there, so, so it, 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 it repeats there. it, because gunner, gunnery is like your Han Solo in, in the actual turret yeah. of the Millennium mm-hmm. Falcon, or when they take hold of the turret gun on Jabba's, you know, skiff in the... It, it's, it's the big... And also when you're just a pilot, like in an X-Wing. You use gunnery to shoot rather than... So, as her manoeuvre, can she aim? Absolutely. 100%. Does that give me anything it from the sure perspective? It sure does. It gives you an, an yet, an, yet another, another blue boost die, which means you're now rocking three of those bad boys. Fantastic. And then uh, I need a yellow and three green die. Quite the, quite the sharp shooter. what is the difficulty of purple dice here? Yeah, so the difficulty is going to be uh, one, because it is still... Mm-hmm. You're still close range. Cool. You're still in about... Mm, sort of 40 feet away from them. Awesome. Let's see how she goes. Oh, so we've wow. got one success. Oh wow, there's a lot going on here. So two successes, three successes, four successes with one advantage, two, three, four, five advantages, six advantage with a success. So this is cancelled out by an advantage. So that still gives me one, two, three, four successes, five successes, and five advantages. Oh, Oh boy. Okay, so... Alright, so you know what? Are they all standing perfectly in a line? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not technically rules as written, but I'm just going to let you shoot two of them. It's going to be a penetrating strike. Nice. So you're going to kill... You, you, and that'll actually take out two of them, okay? Mm-hmm. So it works perfectly. You take careful aim, and one of them, the one, the one that's in front on the left side of the female Zabrak who's in charge, is actually a native species to Jakku, which is a Uthuthma. Mm-hmm. And Uthuthma essentially are very sort of creepy-looking. Uh, they have sort of socket-eye skull faces with almost sort of chitinous exoskeleton-looking yeah. ap- appearances, and they have a big toothy maw. And they typically, for decoration, wear chains around their necks like scarves and so this poor fellow gets a blaster bolt right through right through the forehead yeah, right between the goes, eyes you're ugly shoots off and it goes oh. and, it, and it goes right through and then hits the chest of the one behind taking two of them out there is now only two remaining and that is then going to be their turn so what happens is <laughs> so the female Zabrak who was calling out uh, Mark's character before just like looks around in utter horror at the fact that three of her men have been taken down in a split second and then just turns around and legs it. You haven't heard the last of this. You're all going to pay. And just runs away. And, and with that, the, the one the one guy remaining, who just appears to be a uh, sort of a short, stocky human uh, with, you know, the desert robes wrapped around his... <coughs> Mad Max punk gear is still going to just you know he he just takes a deep breath and just screams out for the 
gang! And then, then uh-huh. charges forward and is going to go for Fira, I think. He's, he's not the biggest crack shot at the best of times. And at the present time, he has a bit of a setback because of the fact that his, you know, companions were all taken out. And wow. Okay, so, so what happens is this. He charges forward, okay? And just kind of slowly letting his eyes adjust, he goes to run and basically almost clotheslines himself on you at the very last... <laughs> He was trying to get within really, really short range so that he could effectively almost put the pistol right up to you to avoid missing. But in doing so, he kind of clips his shoulder on the side of the barricade that you've made, uh-huh. stumbles over, his gun clatters out of his hand, he falls prone. Good job, buddy. And uh, now it's in your last turn. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Real lethal enforcer, this guy. <laughs> now, I could... Potentially, like, find a way to quickly move and shoot the one that's running. But I feel like the one that's just fallen over is still the more immediate threat. Yeah. So let's say narratively that he goes for, he grabs his gun, sits up to fire. Okay. And Tyrus will take a sec while he's, like, recovering his gun. Mm-hmm. To, from his position, aim a very steady shot. Okay, sounds good. And then, as he sits up, just lets loose with his uh, relying the, pistol. Relying on the obfuscation of your bluff, still yes. surrounded by people. He's not paying any attention to you whatsoever. You're going to line up and take a shot. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Yes. Because he's prone, mm-hmm. which has, adva- just like D&D, has advantages if you are in melee, but has a disadvantage if you're shooting at them. Aha. Uh-huh. I see. In fact, it'll be a black dice that you'll be aiming. Okay. Sorry, that you'll be adding. But also, because you're aiming, you'll be adding a blue dice. And then I use my heavy blaster pistol, which has a dice pool of three, which is one uh, proficiency dice and two ability dice. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one yellow, two green. And I've got that two blue dice that I got from hiding so well. You do, yes. Absolutely. Thank you for reminding me. So I have a... <laughs> well, Sam very nicely set aside two dice for me for my next turn so that I wouldn't forget. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> you also... And also one difficulty dice. One difficulty dice. Yeah. Okay, so I've got one... One purple, one black, three blue, two green, one yellow. Hopefully this works out well. Let's find out together. <laughs> there are some symbols here. Oh my god. Uh, okay. okay, well the difficulty dice was nothing. The uh, other the other sorry, the black dice was nothing. The difficulty dice was a threat. There are four four advantages. Okay. So and a success, but one of the advantages is cancelled out by the threat dice, so that's three advantages and a success. Actually, you've got four advantages and a success. I'm good at maths. <laughs> that's amazing. No, that's amazing though. Okay, okay. So, it works out like this. Mm. You take care of one. First of all, despite the fact that he's prone on the ground, you yeah. just line up so well. Your blaster bolt goes in one ear out the other, killing him instantly. Ooh. But also painlessly and, and instantly as well. And then your yeah. your bullet, or not bullet, sorry, your your blaster, bolt. your bolt, your blaster shot rebounds yeah. off the ground, hits the wall next to it, and opens up a previously undiscovered secret compartment, which oh. appears to have some medical supplies. Haha. So also you impress the shit out of the <laughs> out of the out of, out of the scavengers. I shot a gun around. so well I unlocked a locked cabinet. There's, <laughs> there's a young boy next to you who you know is called Tobin. He's just sort of a dark tan skinned lad with sort of short scruffy black hair he's probably about eight years old or so just dressed in you know wrapped up brown desert garb turns to you and says wow you're my hero <laughs> <laughs> and so 
The combat about how we're outside, you can hear the, the splutter, splutter, splutter of what appears to be a vehicle, a small scale vehicle, probably a sand skimmer of some kind. So Fira gets up, gets gets out from behind cover, walks to the door, looks out. Okay. How far away is this vehicle? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is. That's a good point. It is extreme range, but you know, maybe. I mean, you can see that what it, what it is is you know Ray's vehicle in, in the Force Awakens, yeah. just yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that gigantic oh, it's like a tr- yeah, rect- tractor kind of thing. It, it, it's like a floating motorcycle that's basically just a big tri- uh, rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a hover a hover yeah. bike, I guess. Yeah. So okay. that's that's what you just see disappearing over a sand. Ah, but it's a disappearing. It hasn't disappeared yet. Okay, so with near military pre- precision, she takes a knee, lifts the blaster. You can take a shot at extreme range, can't you? Yes. yes. With your okay, so this is going to have to be hard. So three Ooh. difficulty dice. You know what? I'm just going to give it a try. Okay. <laughs> why not? All right then. Why not? All right. So where's she? Ian, you would know better than me. Is it three or four? It's three. It's, it's three. three. Okay. okay. Well, oh, for extreme range. Extreme. No, that's full. That's four. That's four. four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks. And also... This probably won't happen. But you've <laughs> got two professions in this. Hey, look, That's true. Hey, hey, and as it should be, it, the odds are slightly weighted towards positive outcomes. So like with the advantage and threat, yeah. uh, like the, the, the blue and black, yeah. there's just one more advantage in there, right? And with the, and with your skill proficiency to difficulty, yes. like your, you know, your greens versus purples and your reds versus yellows, it's slightly weighted towards the good stuff because, you know, they ultimately want you to succeed. So I'll quickly check. I have ranged my ranged heavy skill as well. That's what you're using, yes. Oh, okay. So that's oh, what, yeah, that, that's that what the dice next to the weapon oh, yeah. are. Yep, 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 yep. Cough, oh. cough, aim, cough, cough. Oh, yeah, I'm aiming. Now, <laughs> now I'm going to give you one setback uh-huh. die because she's not cruising around engaging in you in, in firefight. She just is literally just trying to get away. Yep. So top speed in the opposite direction uh-huh. while you're doing it. But yeah, give it a yep. go. And aiming. And aiming. Yes. yes. Well, okay. So you had to move, so uh, that's yeah. a maneuver. Okay. And so, ah. but, but if you want to take two strain, you can aim as well. I'll take two strain. I feel like if this works, it. it's worth two yeah. strain. Mm-hmm. Why not? So one, one yes. blade Okay. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's, like, yeah, hang on. Why not? All right. Okay, there's a lot going on there. Okay. Wow. So oh, wow. Two wow. advantage, two threat. That cancels out. Good. Two threat, two advantage. That cancels that out. One threat. That's it. <laughs> okay, so just so we're clear, no yep. successes and... No successes. Everything kind of cancelled each other out except for the one threat. Okay. You you get so... Okay, your bullet... Sorry, your bullet. You, you take your flame. <sighs> Deep breath. Mm-hmm. Hold. Wait. 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 It just as she gets to the top of the rise, you take the one shot that you know that you're going to have. And for a brief second, your heart beats fast with excitement because you can see it is dead on target. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute, she just swerves to the right purely by chance and your shot misses by less than a foot. So frustrated are you by <laughs> this that you're going to take one strain from the anguish of it all. All right. I feel like you kicks it like some of the starship. Like it doesn't I, go- I slam my fist just, yeah, into just, the it's, hull. It's just, damn it, that would have been so freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Okay, the, but that's it. So, now you have a slight issue. Clearly, the Struis clan are not going to let this go. They will be back and in greater numbers, but... Like sand people. It, 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 <laughs> well, you know what they say when there was only one set of footprints on the beach. That's because sand people are only traveling straight behind the Oh, my numbers. God. Yeah, that was a joke from Chris Stroud that gets reposted all over the internet and he gets no fucking credit for it. <laughs> First of all, it's the end of an encounter. At the mm. end of each encounter, you get a chance to recover strength. So, oh, the way this works is that you recover strength equal to your presence characteristic or your ranks in the ah. cool skill, whichever's higher. I ah. got three back. 
So that's that's how that works. I get two back. Now, Misha comes back in. So Misha is an elderly black woman. She's tall, broad-shouldered. Um, she has got her grey hair is tied back in a very tight braid that hangs all the way down her back. She's dressed in a cool, dark brown leather jacket. She has a rifle of her own song across her back. And she, of course, has one cyborg eye because, you know, that's yeah. cool. So, because it's, it's cool. <laughs> Rule of cool, man. I mean, why, why not? <laughs> so she she comes forward and says, uh, I want to thank you for that. I'm pretty sure they would have murdered quite a few of us if you weren't here. I can see that I chose the right people. All right. She turns around to her crew as some, some more people came for, c- come forward. You also notice that there is another fellow who is one of the aforementioned Uthuma. Uh, his name is Jax Tarani. And you know that Jax Tarani is a bit of a bit of a skeevy fellow. He's a, he's a merchant and a trader. He is part of the nomads, but he's definitely one of the more annoying amongst them. Any of you who have the any previous experience with the nomads and so forth, you know that he's very sort of disagreeable, so you probably aren't, aren't terribly big fans of his, and so already he's starting to scent. He's like, we have to get out of here, we're gonna die. They're gonna be back. We gotta forget about whatever the hell is supposedly locked in here. It's not worth our lives. You, all of you actually, being experienced uh, scavengers and such, know that that is some powerful foolishness because the Struis clan will be back and them all wandering around the desert, you know, escaping to the nearest location is going to be putting a gigantic target on their head. And also, your main objective is to get whatever's hidden within this uh, ruined ship. So you, working together, you may be able to find it in short order and then you may be able to prepare for their inevitable return. So you, you will want to hope that Jax is not successful in convincing the nomads to uh, to do this. But it looks like Misha's considering it. Like she's still a bit frustrated and confused by the whole situation. She was clearly expecting the Struis clan with all of you here to behave a lot better and to, or to at least, you know, initially be a little bit more swayed by the threat of having you present. So yeah, what would you like to do as far as convincing them that the best thing to do would be to everyone work together and find this uh, valuable secret vault and then not run off into the desert right now and maybe instead prepare here. Um, so I think Fira takes point on this okay. and she, she stands and she says, listen, I think that with our numbers, I think that we can find this fast. They have just left. Well, their one remaining agent has just left. This is the most amount of time that we will have before extra forces forces come back to this position. It's a big ship. Even if we search quickly, it's still a lot to search. You know what you're talking about. So we search smart instead. Exactly. Ooh, nice. I like that. Well, anybody that wants to... It sounds like you're making some kind of a social, uh, social check here. I'm making a leadership check. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, well, now, as mentioned, because of the fact that everyone did really, really well on the setup and so forth, you are going to have a boost die because at least the rank and file scavengers are very impressed with your group so far. You've all dazzled them in one way or another and anybody else that wants to throw in and maybe make a... And, and, you, and you can get creative and pitch them with different tactics. So uh, Sam's obviously choosing leadership but if someone wants to use intimidate to help out and just kind of sit there in the background or maybe throw in a threat or two. I'm going to try a different take. Do it. I'm going to suggest to uh, to uh, to Jax. The, su- the chances of surviving out in the desert are probably Approximately 3,720 to 1. <laughs> and I'm going to explain to him the chance of why that is and with the temperature and whatever else. So I'm going to try to use a knowledge skill to try to convince him to, to baffle him with bullshit. Basically. I, <laughs> I love that. And Mark? Uh, I would like to support that with my survival skill. Yeah, and so you'll be like, yeah, good, like good. You see, yeah. you see, you're just basically just like, like, like sitting off to the side, adding in like extra deadly details. Like, how much do you know about fast-acting poison of this native species? You know, all that. I love it. I love it. That's so great. That's so great. So yeah, you can both make a roll, and then uh, Nadia, what are you doing to pitch in? 
I guess I would just be, I suppose, using charm and just being like, I think we got everything we need right here. Okay, just 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 that sort of cocky Han Solo esque cool swagger. Confidence. That's amazing. Okay, so please give me a charm check. And uh, uh, do any of these checks have difficulty, or are we just rolling this? As a matter of fact, they do. And yeah. here we cu- here we come to our first opposed checks. Oh. So the way that opposed checks works is that this is a very player facing game, mm-hmm. like a lot of good games. I don't roll m- much dice except for attack rolls. Okay. So when you are doing an opposed check by some skill or attribute that an NPC has, what that's actually going to do is set the difficulty that you roll and it, as you might expect it's just completely inverted so let's say for example Nadia you are trying to charm Misha who's really the leader mm-hmm. and so it is going to be opposed by Misha's cool and so Misha if she's rolling cool would have one green and one yellow mm-hmm. because of her proficiency so you you are going to invert that and you're going to roll with one red and one purple does that make sense? Oh. Yeah, all right, let's do that. Uh, would you like me to roll now? Let's go clockwise, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll do it that way. So yes, Nadia, you go first. Uh, so I don't, that's one despair, two despairs, and a threat. Hold okay, on. great. So, um, hold on, is you that You roll your skill, that's one. Oh, sorry, I thought that's what you meant, Tom. Oh, I'm so sorry, no, sorry. So there, whatever they, they would be rolling against you uh, sets the purple and red dice. And yep. but you, so still, you still roll your, roll your skill. skill just yeah. with these in addition. Exactly so. Uh, so four successes, <coughs> um, two despairs. So, so those two are two failures. So. Two failures. So two successes and a threat. Two despair. That's a big deal. Okay, so Sorry. Yeah, it it looks similar to be fair. Oh yeah, that's fair. Absolutely, it's very fair. So what was the overall net result? I'm so sorry. Two successes and one threat. Okay, great. Misha seems to be swayed. So you definitely make headway to convincing her but you annoy the hell out of Jax so she sort of nods and gives you sort of a look looks you up and down and likes what she sees and seems very impressed and Jax just kind of like gnashes his big fanged teeth together yeah so I'm um, using knowledge so I don't know what you're going to use to oppose that <laughs> that's really you know what it's just going to be the, the the standard facts of the situation and you are familiar with Jakub so I'm thinking I'm thinking it's actually pretty simple like okay. you just, you just so one one difficult one purpose. so yep. that's going to be an easy check yep excellent so, well, that's impressive. So that's going to be one success, two advantages, and a triumph. Wow. Okay. I'm super convincing. Yeah. yeah. So convincing. You're convinced so- by your own bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so first of all, if you if you had any strain remaining, you right. can remove that. Right. And wow. secondly, essentially everyone now sort of defers to you as an expert. And Jax actually looks like he will not be involved in this conflict anymore. He just sort of goes, oh. <laughs> oh, I never thought. Oh. Oh. Oh, by the living force, that sounds awful. Oh, to shreds, you say. <laughs> and, just, and his wife. <laughs> and his wife. <laughs> to shreds, you say. <laughs> so so he, he just backs off. So right. you still have to convince Misha, but he's not going to be uh, yeah. a rogue element anymore. He is. Right. He is. A, uh, he is. He stands back and holds his hands up. You know, a lot of people shit on it, but Rogue Element was my favorite Star Wars movie. Okay, great. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Sam. What do you okay. It's your leadership. Yes. So leadership as in... See, I want to be able to assign people to search different things. Yeah, or you, I basically give yeah. give places on ships that she is she is experienced before where people have hid. Yeah, you're like, look, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get a team doing this area. Team, oftentimes they'll hide things here. They'll hide things here. It's fine. Yeah. We're all over this. Just get to it, people. Trick is to not step on Misha's toes when it comes to the leadership. No, no, no. You're just showing that you know how to coordinate. You can help. 
help her. Mm-hmm. It won't be her hurting the, the cats of this group and her group <laughs> together. It'll be you helping out as well. It's just going to be one red and one purple. One red, one purple. Okay. And I'm rolling leadership. Correct. Oh, yes. Okay, so. And because everyone's done so well so far, I'm going to give you a boost die. Okay, excellent. So I have one purple, one red, two green, one yellow, one blue. So I just have one boost die. Just want to make sure. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You sure you don't want to give me any more? No. <laughs> That's right. Dang it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I have one advantage, five successes, one despair. Well, ma'am. Uh, okay, so <laughs> sorry, one more time. There's a lot going on there. Okay, sorry. So five successes. You, okay. One advantage. Yep. Four. Oh, I'm sorry. My mistake. Wait, hang on. Do because the despair is in oh, failure as well. Oh, I apologize. All right, so it's four successes, one advantage. So four successes, one advantage, yes. and the despair. The success um, of the despair is cancelled out, but not the despair itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So okay. yes. Yes. So there's okay. So something about the way Michelle looks to you. Mm-hmm. Something about the way you. Hold yourself with such calm composure. Oh. You may not know it, but you have made an enemy for life in Jack's oh, Tyranny. He can't say anything about it now, but you notice that he just glares at you with undisguised atomic disdain. Disdain. And even goes so far as to have a hand move towards his weapon for a brief moment before catching himself and bringing it away. And you know, just the way he looks at you, he hates you now and thinks of you as an- another Misha. Like, I need two of them, right? <laughs> That's great. It's like, like he's already picked Misha. Yes. He doesn't need another Misha. His Misha quota is full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing? So with that, <laughs> Mark does not even need to roll. She's convinced. She says, all right, all right, let's do it. Let's get together. Let's coordinate. Let's make this happen. Yes. Can I then roll perception? Yes. To sort of be like, well, we should probably start looking over here. And now we come to it. So uh, this is going to be the search the ship montage. Just everyone picking up like weird little strange mechanical things that like. Basically, this is going to be a little bit more limited. You can still be creative in what skills you use. But realistically, we're going to be mostly looking for perception checks. Okay. Uh, I will hear an argument for uh, mechanics or, and, you know, just knowing the layout of the ship or really like anything else in this system, any other skill that you think may apply. I will, however, increase the difficulty depending on how obscure it is. You know, if you want to use, I don't know. Like leadership to encourage people to search faster. Yeah, actually that that one's actually not too bad, to be honest with you. So, astrogation to encourage people to search the navigation system. (laughs) (laughs) So just to lay it out, so realistically you know that a ship this size is only so big and to search every single nook and cranny would take about four hours. Yeah. Every one of you that is successful is going to be reducing that time by an hour. Okay, uh, to a minimum of one. With that then, uh, let us go ahead and make a roll. So, whom is going to be making the roll? I have, I have perception, sir. I have one in perception and four in cunning. So I have three green and a yellow. Fantastic. I'm quite well in perception. Good, good. Um, is it just a straight it's perception? Two, it's two difficulty. So it's a difficulty two. So medium. The poiple dice. <laughs> I'm going to start rolling unless you've got something else to add to it, Tom. No? No, yes. I do not. No booms, no banes. Now, only one, okay, to be clear, only one person is making this wrong oh. in, the, in this particular case. 
So, but, but but other other people can help. As oh. I would like to help. Does anybody have better perception than I? Oh. It's a very important question to ask right now. Two, I have two, two green, no ranks. Uh, no, I only have mechanics, which is something that uh, Tom mentioned. Yeah. But uh, so I can give you a boost on because I'm assisting. Yes, correct. Wait, so you, you need something moved. I've got the athletics to do it. So anybody that can justify what assistance they are giving mm-hmm. is going to help Mark with his perception check. So we've mm-hmm. already got one with the. Uh, leadership. Uh, any um, panels or anything that needs to be moved or any anything that's stuck. Yeah. Um, Fiora can help. Perfect. And uh, Nadia, what assistance do you think you can give? I think mechanics probably for Marley. She is familiar with mm. the layouts of ships yeah. uh, in general. And mm-hmm. while she hasn't seen this ship, they do follow a basic logic. They do, yes. So she mm. kind of applies her knowledge of where precious cargo would, would normally be held. She'll point to two or three three very likely locations. And you studied the Rebellion. You mm. grew up on Hollywoods of their exploits. You yeah, that's right. enamored with them. So you would have studied their main military transport ships yeah. in and out, I imagine, particularly being a pilot. Maybe it was your dream to fly one one day. Who knows? Mm. Okay, perfect. So, Mark, I am okay with all of that. So I'm going to give you three blue boost die. It is going to be a perception check difficulty two. Yes. And I'm going to give you one black setback die because, frankly, you know that you're under the pump. You have a bit of stress. And I'm working, like, yeah, I'm under the pump. I'm working with a bunch of people who aren't you super know. experienced in this kind of thing. That's you, fine. The looming threat of the scat of the clan returning. Okay, let's sort all this out. All right, those are bad, but those offset those bad things. <laughs> so advantages and threats have... Mm-hmm. Well, the event, some advantages have cancelled out the threats. Okay. Because I've got three threats. Sure. But I still have cancelled those out. So there are five advantages and a success. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, five advantages and a su- success after cancelling out with three other advantages. Okay, that is amazing. Okay, so here's what you find with that. It's over there. You, you, you find and restore a gun turret that is on the roof of this ship. So you know that when the nomads return, you'll have that as an option, potentially, wow. to man. Okay? You, I mean, you knew there was one on the side. You didn't think it could, it could be salvaged or made yeah. operational again. Turns out it can. Marley sees that and just goes, sweet! Fantastic. <laughs> it does take a good three hours, though. It does, you, are, mm. you are a little bit tired and so forth. So, it is during a break. You've covered a lot of ground of the ship. For the past few hours, three hours, in fact, you and the nomads are combing through the wreckage of the Starlight Wanderer, which is the ship's name, uh, shifting loose bulkheads, prying open jammed hatches, and digging through the ever-present sand that drifts into every corner it gets everywhere it just gets everywhere so it's alright when you do it Tom yes that's that's how it works Um, (laughs) all of a sudden Tobin the same child from before runs up to you as you're as you're all sitting around taking a, a slight break and you know sipping some water out of your canteens all of a sudden Tobin runs up and says come quickly come quickly Misha says that she's found something come quick and with that he turns and runs back scrambling to your feet your aching muscles forgotten I imagine you run towards the, yes. the stern of the corvette so when you get to the stern of the corvette you notice that Misha and a group of about five nomads are clustered around a square opening in the wall of one of the rearmost corridors that exists in this central area. Her and her salvage team were searching the stone corridors near the engine spaces when apparently one of the nomads found a loose wall panel. Uh, when he investigated further, he found that the wall panel was actually a concealed hatch. And so uh, she just kind of sits there and gestures at it that you can see there. So she just explains this to you really briefly. And then uh, she points down and says, well, after you then, shall we? 
Do we know what to expect at all? <laughs> she just shrugs and says, no idea. I hope it's worth all this effort. You know what? Me too. Listen, if the Alliance saw fit to while uh, hiding this in a secret secure vault, I have to imagine it's important, or at least was at one time. And I'd have to say, no one really prepares or expects their ship to crash. So with a bit of luck, it's not going to be uh, booby-trapped. But uh, let's step carefully. Okay, do let's. So, uh, you descend down into the hatch, I imagine? Yes. Great. So, once, this hidden latch led down to a just a companionway that skirted the main reactor. So you can see that there is the dull glow of what remains of certain lights that are still dimly glowing in the darkness down here. That was before, of course, the crash fractured some of the uh, pressurized fuel cells. So the blast has turned this reactor space into a nightmare of twisted metal. Uh, the companionway now, it now hangs precariously over a few remaining fasteners and it, it, it dangles over a 10 meter deep pit, which of course, of course, is filled with razor-sharp shards and spikes uh, down the bottom. Oh uh, so you shine your little personal lights along the companionway. At the far end, you can see there is a heavy black box. It's about the size of a cargo crate. So this is obviously the payload here. It is secured to the ceiling, and it's suspended above the pit as well. <laughs> the quickest way to get to this vault is by the companion way. Whether or not it's the best way is a completely mm. different question. The nomads do have salvage equipment and loot and laser cutters, which they happily, you know, sort of pass to you. Misha just kind of give, gives a couple of your a pair of laser cutters. You could go and cut through the hole and reach the vault from the outside, but that's going to take a longer time. So you could go outside and laser cut your way in, or you can take the most direct route to the vault, which of course is somebody doing a coordination check to uh, tightrope walk across the uh, rickety, half-ruined companionway raised above razor-sharp spikes 10 meters down. Fira takes one look at this tightrope and goes, Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> hard no. Oh, that is a hard no from me. Well, we give the old colds try. Let's go home. <laughs> um, do we have, a, like, I know we're not going to know exactly when yeah. they're going to come back, but we have to assume that they would probably rally, the gang would probably rally and come back sooner rather than later. Oh, yes. Do we have a rough idea of how you, long that you don't, might even take? You don't, but you could, of course, expect them at literally any time. Okay. Mm. So, like, we like we couldn't sit there and, like, math out, like, well, I know that their base is there and would probably take about this long to get from there and maybe... Give it half an hour to rally everyone up and then come back. Or? Yeah, you, you, honestly, you, you are almost expecting them by now. Three hours in. Okay. So, all right. If they're taking their time beyond this point, it probably means they're getting some extra good resources to come and get you. Is it possible to put somebody up in the turret that uh, we got operational before? Just somebody uh, to put up there so that they can keep an eye on what's going on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then using comlinks. I don't know if we have comlinks yeah. or something like that. Yeah, comlinks. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that we can, and they can they can give us warning mm -hmm. if they turn mm -hmm. up. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. I like I like this plan a lot. So you can get somebody up there to the turret. You can either send one of the nomads or you can go up there yourself. Who's got gunnery? <laughs> I do, but I also have a good a good option for me is also just to get up there as well. That's true. Yes. She's she's really proficient in um, you know basically delicately hopping up from thing to thing. She's what she does for fun is essentially bouldering and, and rock climbing. So mm. this is just another one of those situations. Um, Sounds good. I've got three untrained in gunnery. I have the same thing. So mm. one of us can head up to the mm. thing. Do you want to do it? Do you want me to do it? In all honesty, 
I think that I would not be... I ha- I am no use down here. <laughs> okay. Why don't we send your friend, your your little friend, give him a comic and send him up to the turret. Uh, that's a child. <laughs> Toby, yeah, that's I'd a- love to. I'm going to shoot some gangsters. I'm going to go now. Wait, wait, wait. And just fear like picks it up. As he goes to scamper off, all of a sudden he's hoisted in the air. His legs scurry sort of comically dangling in the air underneath him. No, no, I'm coming with you. I can do it. You've inspired me. I, I, I don't think he's going to be able to uh, see over the gun. Do you want to? Do you want to take this one? I'll take it. All right. All right stay so here and bang our heads against the safe. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you and Tobin scurry upstairs and start start making your way. It's a quite a ways away. So you're, you're starting to make your way there now. Is our Ace pilot going to be? Yeah, Marley basically just does the thing where she kind of shakes her body out, <laughs> and she cracks her side. She limbers up her, you know, and, and does some stretches and goes, "Let's do it." Um, and uh, <laughs> she, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really see any kind of personal music devices in in Star Wars, but like, I assume that there's got to be some kind of. Like, you know what? You, your data pads would have to be there... able to play music. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So she she plays the music for herself through basically the com link but everybody else has to listen to it at the same time <laughs> is it <laughs> do you know they have a name for that style of music it's canonically <laughs> it is thank you Tom it's oh no no oh, yes. Yes, that's what no. it's called that's what it's called blame George Lucas genius oh, for that damn one. it she's also going to look to see if she can prep this in some way as well so if there's any kind of rope that she can use to hoist up somewhere t- from a safe point oh you mean have someone bellying me? I've yes. got climbing gear in my equipment if you need it. Fantastic. Like if you don't have it. There's actually a sidebar that says anyone got rope? So yeah, yeah. You, you can have a blue boost time because yeah. you have rope to help you. Fantastic. Is there a way that perhaps I could offer some assistance as far as where is the strongest point? I like it. What 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 skill are we uh, using? Um, look, either some sort of knowledge or mechanics. I'm happy with uh, either. Mechanics is good. So you yeah. can add a boost die because of your alien companion yeah. and their mechanical expertise. <laughs> I love it like you put it up. No, 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 no. Not there. <laughs> Not there. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's a part will be So that is going to be a red and a purple for difficulty. Holy! <laughs> yep. Particularly because, rather than it being three purple or whatnot, the reason that there's a red, I, I believe, they really have a great idea for what the despair could be. Okay. <laughs> yes. And hazard a wild guess as to what that is. Well, you're over a pit of spikes. Let's let's do the math here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So she cracks her neck and goes to cl- spider climb up the wall, uh, hesitantly listening to. Bormo as he <laughs> shouts instructions at her and her eyes roll up into the back of her skull but she does listen to him yeah. um, she tries to spend as, as little time in one place as possible quickly you know jumping back and forth oh, you know what? I, I do taking love a spiderous route I love the description so much I'm going to give you a boost die for the description yeah. Yeah. and three more reds no. Oh, oh, damn it. Okay. So Ooh. we have two threats. We've got two, three successes and one, two, five uh, advantages. So these two can be knocked out by these. And then we end up with three successes and three advantages. Wow. Okay, then. So 
And the blank boost eyes obviously saying, I wish you'd shut up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly so. Okay, that's that's actually really great. Do you have any strain currently? No. Okay, so that, that's fine. In that case, then, I'm going to say you get up there just incredibly, incredibly fast. And once again, you impress the hell out of Misha. And you just sort of give yourself inspiration. You feel really good about this. So you're going to have uh, some super confidence going forward. Now, the actual vault itself. You're going to have to be trying to get through. So up close, this vault is unmistakably what you're looking for. It's got heavy Durasteel plates protecting the exterior. It seems to have weathered the crash without any harm whatsoever. This is almost like the airplane's black box. There's a small red light blinking above a keypad on the door. So you are across the companionway. You stand there by yourself with the keypad. Now, so obviously- She just says, uh, there's a keypad here. It's blinking. Anyone have any ideas? So, <laughs> I have got three suggestions for you with how you can get through the vault. Mm -hmm. One is pretty obscure, a hard knowledge check to see if anybody remembers any old military code from the ooh, days of ooh, the Revolution. Oh, dang it. We try to see if we know an older code that still checks out. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I was about to clear them. But. So, the other option would be for someone to make an average mechanics check. The problem is that it would need to be Narnia because you're the one that's gone across there. I don't know how good you are with mechanics. I'm okay. Great. Not the best. Just one second, sorry. Can I ask, uh, so you, you're there, correct? Yes. Can you please give me an easy vigilance check? <laughs> vigilance. One one purple difficulty. Uh, me, not so ever vigilant, surprisingly. Good at seeing things, not good for looking out for things. <laughs> I'm used to people watching my back. Right. Oh. That makes sense. Um, holy shit. So that's two threat, but I got two advantages and a success. Overall, so it just means there's one success. success. Yes. Fantastic. Uh -huh. So dad's in untrained vigilance. So you know <laughs> what you spot while while she's doing this and you're yelling out instructions and possibly yeah. now trying to recall all the codes, you notice that there are some electrical cables which are somewhat superfluous and leading to this vault. You know for a fact that this vault is booby-trapped. If the incorrect code is put in, it'll be set off. All right. So basically, the way this will work is if you can recall an old military code, that's just opening the vault the way it's supposed to be open, so that's perfect. No, no trap set off. But if she fails even the first attempt at a code, so Mali says, guys, should I just start hitting buttons or? No, 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 no. You know, I, I know that I'm being no. told uh, what to do a lot. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, noticed this, but I am the captain. So um, maybe I will just start pressing buttons. I'll tell you what, try pressing the buttons with your face then. It's just when the bomb or trap or electric charge goes off, it'll go off straight into your brain and you'll die quickly. I mean... That's probably a better fate than what's awaiting for us out there. <laughs> All right, no, that's fine. I get point. I mean, I think I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So let's see how the knowledge checker goes. Right. Bormo. What is the difficulty of this? This is actually going to be three. This is three pebbles. Pretty obscure. No no other setbacks or anything like that. But wow. It's just remembering an old Alliance military code. This is racking your academic brain to its maximum. Wow. If I try to help him out and fail, will that... Are you trained in knowledge? Because this is the kind of thing where unless you're trained in 
knowledge as well. No, I, I can't God, see no. a real. Oh, God, no. Mm. Raised in a moisture farm on Jakku? Yeah, I definitely have knowledge. <laughs> yeah. No, my character is... He is he's street smart. Okay. okay. However, yes. could I quickly use my comlink to contact my friend... Oh, you sure can. ...who is ex-Republic? Absolutely. That oh, is, that is I, amazing. Out of character for a sec. Yes. Metagaming a little. She Do you wouldn't. not know? Oh, okay. She's not trained in knowledge. Right. So, you could try. Right. I could try. Even <laughs> if you're not trained, you can still provide a boost. No, you can still I mean, you're just... It, it's possible. Maybe you just, through your military training, learned mm. a bunch about codes, common themes, and so forth. Maybe you could, he could rattle off some suggestions, and you could be like, nah, that's an on theme. Nah, that doesn't sound like a proper format. Let's do it. So a boost, another boost. Yeah. That's fine. Let's... Not many things too difficult. He says <laughs> giving me three verbals. Yes. Aww. Oh. Oh, look, that's a lot of threat. Oh. That's, um, a, that's a good noise to hear. That's five. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So that's going to be four threat with a success. So four threat with a success. Okay, good. Ooh. So you definitely know the right code. Right. It's an older code, though, so it's still going to <laughs> set off the booby trap. But it will open the right. safe. As long as it doesn't cause Marley to check out. No. Can you please, Marley, take five damage? Whoa. And five strain as you are electrocuted from head from head to toe. We Both of these are reduced by your soak. So whenever you take damage, you look at your soak and you're going to reduce the damage by that and the strain as well. So minus five to both. But your soak, I think, is three. Is that correct? So three. So you're taking two strain two. and two wounds. You're like, <laughs> and I just, do I reduce my wound level like you reduce your strain level? Actually, you take wounds, so you accumulate them. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a situation where it starts at zero and then becomes two. And then when it when it reaches your wound threshold, that's when you start to get yeah. critical injuries and such like that. I believe there are more detailed rules for critical injuries in the main book, but the beginner box just has a, has a streamlined version of the critical injuries. Mm. However, you do manage to open the vault. And of course, dramatically, thematically, as you are making your way through the darkened corridors, or halfway to the turret already, mm-hmm. that's when you hear the cry of alarm. That's when you hear the shouts and commotion. The Razor Return! The Razor Return! People, people starting to run around and hide within. Misha, of course, is you know receiving a comlink transmission mm-hmm. from somebody she has trying to keep watch, and uh, it's, it's all hands on deck as apparently the Struis clan are sighted on the horizon, approaching the ship in malevolent fashion. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.